You can do magic. You can have anything that you Welcome desire. to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with acclaimed pop artist Ellen Woloshin. She opened up about her new 2023 CD called Pop Torch. This former jingle writer is excited about her third solo album with a blend of classics and originals. Her connection with music goes back to childhood. She grew up studying classical piano and started singing at 16. When deciding to forego a classical career, she then fell into the family business. We cover this and so much more. Enjoy. How are you today? Hey, good. How are you? Excellent. Nice to meet you. You too. I like your background. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. If you uh, send me your address, I'll send you a sticker. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're done here. Well, hey, it's. I'm glad that we had the chance to connect. Thank you for taking a minute out. And I want to begin everything with what we've all lived through for the last three years, which was COVID. <sighs> how did you survive that time period? And how has it changed you now that we're coming out of it? Well, um, <clears throat> certainly don't take things for granted, it, but not that, you know, you should ever take things for granted if you can help it. But well, as far as music goes, um, I, I fooled around with video things of my own. Um, there was a program called Rotor that it's like stock video. I fooled around with, you know, editing, learning to some things on my own. I had started to work on this new album, but uh, that was cut short immediately. The last person I saw was, uh, the guitarist, and we started working on one song, and that was the last human that I saw, and then everything was shut down. So, um, you know, I still think uh, it's, 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 I still, there are certain things that I still can't believe happened in, in our lifetime. 9 11, I will still never believe that happened. I still can't believe we had a pandemic. There are certain things that you just can't wrap your head around no matter how much time goes by. So, yeah. 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 Well, does it feel good to have a new album out? Does it feel like a new beginning kind of cathartic, so to speak? Um, you know, I had wanted to do this for a while. It just was the timing of it. I had to wait until it was possible. Um, it, it feels cathartic just because it's, it's another step forward into something, you know, they're all, they've all been a little different, the albums and this one, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone you complete is, is it's a feels it's a great uh, feeling. They take so, a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk to me about the brand, this brand new project, Pop Torch. Talk to me about what went into this, and you know, just how you feel in general about it. So, uh, back when I did my second album, which was more singer songwriter oriented, because I basically consider myself a pop singer, but. You know, when it comes to like categorizing, categorizing, it's necessary for clarity, but it's also kind of a dangerous thing to me because, um, you get put in a box, um, yeah. and you, you wind up putting yourself in a box also sometimes. And, you know, when I say pop, uh, being a pop singer by today's standards, someone would say you're not, but that isn't true, you know, in my opinion. But going back to that second album, what happened was I got a review. Uh, in a, a column, a British writer, the column was called Art of the Torch Singer. And I thought, well, why is he writing about me? I'm not a torch singer. But when he defined what he thought a torch singer was, I thought, well, you know, maybe I am. And, uh, and so this idea started like brewing in my head about pop torch because I always sang standards, always from the very beginning. Um, and I, Basically, I started performing, calling the show Pop Torch. And then I thought it was a catchy kind of name. 
And so the album, I said, well, you know, maybe it's a business killer, but it's, I just felt like I'm going to do the songs I feel that I can, I can do well enough or well and combine them with my own. And I basically thought, well, this will either be uh, a great mashup or a hot mess, you know, so, but I, but I really, you know, I'm happy with the way it came out. I'm, I, everybody did a great job. It was a great, great experience. And, you know, sometimes you can't believe you look at it and said, I got that done. How did I get that done? It took a year. You know, they all take a year. Yeah. So, so yeah. what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? I hope that it would, you know, maybe draw people in who maybe thought, well, you know, they didn't know that song, perhaps, you know, a, an old standard that, you know, because the ones on there, except for You Forgot Your Gloves, which is very obscure, the, the standards that are on there are very well known, but maybe not to somebody else. It just to expand, you know, the horizons that, you know, you can, you don't have to be put in a box. You can look like you, you can sing this, you can sing that, you can, and you still can be you. You're still who you are. And that doesn't change. So, um, I, I hope that, and you know, that, that they like, uh, the arrangements that they feel, uh, uh, you know, when I'm singing it, what I hope I'm imparting that people feel certain, you know, I have a very calming kind of voice. I'm not like an in-your-face singer. I, you know, so um, you know, everybody's going to get something different from it. Uh, so I just hope it, you know, opens people's minds to like, oh, you know, you can do this, you can do that, and you can still be who you are. And because uh, yeah. I think we just we're so busy defining everything and defining ourselves, and you know, especially now everything's so micro marketed, and you know, for so, sure. Yeah. So how did this journey into the music begin for you? Where were you born and raised and how did it all start? Well, I, um, when I say I was born into a musical family, my father was a violinist turned admin. So he basically decided when he wasn't going to pursue the violin anymore, he uh, got an entry level job in advertising, but he had a very strong music background. So he wound up being uh, leaving advertising to become the supplier of the music. So I got my start in jingles. Basically, I most likely would not have if my father wasn't in the business. I would have not realized it was a path. And it was a, a very double-edged sword for me. Now that my mom's not listening to this, I can be a little more honest because she listened to my last interview and I didn't, you know, she puts him on a pedestal. So I didn't want to say it wasn't always, it was a great professional experience. But when you are the daughter of somebody who's well-known in an industry, it's double-edged. And, um, but it was a, a, a very great intro into you know you have to rise to the occasion become a professional and so i but that 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 ate up about 10 years of my life so um and then i wound up teaching a class in it which was really that was a great experience and from there i met uh another writer who was uh, one of my students and we became a duo so we were a duo for quite a while sort of like in the 90s when the it was very acoustic we called ourselves acoustic pop because we weren't really folk singers but we were on that circuit so i had to find a way to fit into that circuit yeah. you know sometimes we brought a drum machine and they would look at us in horror you know <laughs> so yeah. um but uh so that's where I got my start. And from there, you know, being in this duo, I, I was writing songs already, but I really wasn't performing until I was almost 30. So um, I was in the studio and learned those skills early on. So so what was one of the first live shows that you ever saw that blew you away? 
Well, there was this place I remember up on Broadway called uh, Jay's. Uh, and, and it was run by a, a woman. She was a jazz singer named Judy. I can't remember her last name. And I started out by singing standards. So my first, first accompanist, actually before I was in the duo, was Gregory Taroyan, who arranged all, most of the songs on this album. So I've known him quite a long time. And we got this job at Jay's. It was like one of these four setters. And she says, I'm going to pay you 50 smackers. Is that okay? And I'm like, okay. So... um that we yeah you know, was just cutting your teeth on singing like set after set after set, and that's a really great way to to get experience. So I did a lot of long setter kind of shows, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that was one of my first memories. That was a really nice club. It was upstairs on like ninety seventh and Broadway, but it's been gone a long time. Yeah. So yeah. So in this journey of being a professional musician, what do you like the best about it? What do you look forward to the most every day? Hmm. I'm, try, I'm trying to think there's, it depends like what phase you're in. Like right now, because of the new album, I'm doing a lot of, you know, trying to promote it. And, and um, so I haven't really done in the last six months, much performing because you just can't do all these things at once. It's, it's yeah. a lot of territory to cover. So, so now I look forward to getting new listeners, you know, um, having new people find it and, um, a lot of social media stuff, which I don't know if I look forward to it or I, I mean, my last frontier was TikTok and I, I really had not much of an interest in it, but now I'm like a TikTok person and it, it's, that's time consuming. I don't know if I look forward to it, but sometimes even when you resist something and you start doing it, I actually started thinking, well, this isn't so bad, but it's just, it's so much to keep up with. And that's the the one thing about TikTok uh, social media though, it's, it's, I don't know if I look forward to it or it just seems to be a necessary evil or whatever you have to, every day you get up, I, I see time being chewed up, looking at this, looking at that, what stats, what the, it's, you know, it was a simpler time when I made my first record, people just bought records. That was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You went to a show, they bought a record. They went to a, that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of shows, if you could get into a time machine and go back and see any performer anywhere, where are you going? Well, I remember I was always a huge Carly Simon fan growing up. Um, I, I, a lot of people would say, you know, people say, who do you sound like? I really don't sound like anybody, to be honest with you, but her, if I had to pick one person, but then she started to become, she had this terrible stage fright. And I remember I had tickets to see her at the bottom line and she canceled because she had had a bad time in Philadelphia in a previous show. But then I remember the thrill. I mean, it, it was a time machine, but it, it, it came true because when Tower was still there, I had my first record in Tower and I remember she was going to appear with her son and they were going to sing some Christmas related songs. And I remember that was a thrill. Um, well, the other was Jethro Tull, but I did finally get to hear them. And these are from going back to like, you know, growing up and, yeah. um, so, um, and then, you know, maybe people who aren't alive anymore, like Billie Holiday, that, that would have been a thrill, you know? Yeah. So what's the best advice that you've ever gotten? Best career advice that's always rang true for you? Probably most of the things come from my father because my father had, he was just so smart and he had a, a lot of things to say about, he used to say, you just need one thing, one thing, you know? Um, 
you know, I'm trying to think, you know, I've gotten so many things said to me along the way. Um, I mean, I say to myself, I'm a very tenacious person, I'm very stubborn. So I don't, I don't give up easily, you know, with anything. It's not just music. Um, and somebody said to me once, I had a song recorded by Dionne Warwick uh, back in when I was uh, in my late 20s with a songwriter that I worked with for a short while. And, and then someone said to me, if it can happen once, it can happen again. And I guess it's really just, I think you just have to like the journey. And, and I've, you know, said this before that I was a very results oriented person before I started making records, mostly probably because my family, they were very like, you know, what did you get from it? How much did you make? You know, and they, not that they don't have good values. It's just so I be, I've become more of a process oriented person over these years, which is really important because everything else, you don't know what's going to, you don't know how things are going to land. You don't know if you define yourself by that, you're not going to have a happy, you're not going to be happy. And when I was younger, I defined myself a lot by the outside measures of what is this bringing me? And that's not where your real happiness comes from. I mean, you want that acknowledgement, but I would say you really have to, you have to, you know, like what you're doing um, and satisfy yourself. Um, I think, you know, with the three records I've made, I can go back for the first two and say, you know, on that, I wish I had done that. It's not that I don't really like them. It's like you would have maybe done that differently, but you, but in this one, for some reason, I, I, I feel very, wow, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Whether someone takes to it or not is out of my hands. But yeah. you have to realize also a lot of things are out of your hands and yeah. can only put your best foot forward, I guess, you know. And hopefully you're to, to grow. If, if you're not going forward and growing, you have to push yourself. And that's always, that's hard. Most people, you want to resist that to some degree. So... So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that version of you. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom oh. you've gained in your life. What would you tell that young version of you? Don't be so hard on yourself, first of all. Oh, my gosh. I listened back to – I to- tortured myself when I did these jingles because I was surrounded by these like amazing singers, especially in a group. When you're doing a solo, they want you for you. And when I go back and listen, I'm like, what were you, I mean, what's the problem? I mean, you were, the way I tormented myself about that, I, you know, I would say, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, for sure. And, uh, and so judgmental about, you know, and, um, and also just to be more, like I said, enjoy the experience of something as opposed to where it's going to get you and, but, you know, unfortunately, when you're that young, it's, you know, it's it's too bad that it takes like a number of years to turn around and, and be smart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately mm-hmm. run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a therapy question. Yeah, this is a therapy hour. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Who am I? Um, well, um, I will say what I do is not who I am. And most people, I, th- I think, well, I shouldn't speak, I can't speak for other people. I think a lot of people might confuse like who you are f- with what you do. It certainly feeds what I do, but sometimes I'll play this game with myself, uh, or just say, what would I, if I couldn't do this, 
or I didn't do this anymore, what would I do? And I mean, when I was little, I wanted to be either a detective or singer or or a private detective. (laughs) And now I say, oh, maybe I would like to be a forensic psychologist. I didn't know what that was even when I was 20, you know? Um, So um trying to think. Um, you know, basically, I hope when I sing, what I am as a person comes through, which is, you know, I'm, I think I'm a pretty kind person. I'm a sensitive person. I have empathy. And I think that comes through in my singing, you know. So um, I think you can still have those things. And it, sometimes it, it doesn't come through in what you do per se. But I think hopefully it does with what I do, you know, um, and the type of things that I choose to sing. Yeah. Um, if somebody says, I put you on the sad songs playlist, it doesn't upset me. It's like, that's good. I belong there. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone out there wants to pick up the new album, learn about yeah. live shows, anything about any previous releases, where can they go? Well, all the usual places, you know, Spotify, uh, Amazon title. My website has immediate links to those places. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, I wish I could say the stores. What stores, you know? The first album I could have said, just go to Tower. Yeah. Um, you know, my website has everything you ever wanted to know. It has video. I just redid it so it's pretty comprehensive. But, you know, the usual places where people go to find what they like. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Excellent. Ellen, thank you so much for your story and your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning into another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Alan for her time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.